Welcome back to another episode of Love Your Life Podcast. You are listening to episode 59. And at the time of this recording, I am celebrating my four-year wedding anniversary with my husband, a total of nine years being together. And we just recently came back from a lovely trip to Maine, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts area. I want to talk today about self-love and the importance of it in your relationship. For years, I've always been the person that my friends have gone to in regards to relationship advice. I don't know why. Maybe they thought that I had the winning secret. And they would always ask me, like, what is it that you do to keep the relationship going? How are you able to attract, you know, your soulmate and all these other things? You guys seem like you're a perfect couple. And at the end of the day, it's not about the things that you do. It's not about um, who you're with and the time and the quality of time that you're spending with. Those all play a huge role. But the number one thing that I found to be pivotal when it comes to my relationships and most people relationships is actually self-love. You've probably heard this hundreds and thousands of times before. I know I have, is that you can't love someone else without loving yourself first. And this is very, very true because I have seen it over and over and over again with my friends and loved ones um, or people that I know, associates, where they are going from one relationship to the other to the other without really having a good sense of themselves. You probably witnessed it yourself, or maybe you've even gone through this own streak. I know I have, where you are looking for love outside of yourself. You're looking for someone else to validate your, you. You're looking for someone to tell you that you're beautiful, that you're great, that they love all the aspects of you to show their love and affection. We all want to have a companionship. That is the reason why we are human beings. We are part of a society. We need a tribe. We need companions in order to thrive. But at the end of the day, we don't always necessarily need to have someone else to validate our worth. And a lot of times we put a ton of pressure on our significant others, on other people, our coworkers, our friends, and our family members, whatever it may be, and our spouses to really validate our own self-worth because we don't have it in ourselves to love ourselves enough. It is very draining. I've talked to many couples where one couple is trying to make it work or one person in the relationship is trying to make it work and the other person is telling me that they honestly don't feel that their spouse is confident enough in what they're doing that they seem like they're always trying to run around and validate them, tell them that they're great at the things that they're doing. It's very wearing that person down. And you don't want to be that person that needs to hear it all the time from someone else. One of the biggest things that my father had taught me, which is absolutely amazing, and my grandmother, is that self-love comes first and foremost. If I can't love the person that I'm looking at in the mirror, and then not just on the physical aspect, but all aspects, you know, the the my personality traits, whatever it may be, if I cannot love the person that is staring at me in the mirror, then there's no way in heck that I can love someone else or expect someone else to fill that void. All right. Again, if I cannot love the person that is staring at me, How do I expect someone else to give me that love and affection that I need to have coming from within? It's a burden, right? It's a burden to be that person all the time. And maybe you have been it. I know I definitely have been where I'm constantly trying to 
affirm to the other individual, a friend, family members, loved one, or whatever it may be, that they're special, that everything is okay. And you seem like you're always that go-to person that's trying to lift that person up when they're feeling very, very low. After a while, you start to want to distance yourself from that person. The same thing happens in a relationship. If you are that person that constantly needs some validation, some kind of affection, someone to tell you that you're beautiful, to buy you things and all of these things in order for the relationship to stand, eventually that person might do it, your your significant other might reciprocate it, but eventually it's going to wear them out. It's going to be very, very wearing. So making sure, number one, that you have a good solid foundation on how you feel about yourself, that you do some deep diving, that you actually, honestly, I recommend for a lot of people out there, right? Don't hop from relationship to relationship. If you just got out of relationship, have some alone time. If you are not comfortable being by yourself, then you do not need to be in a relationship. End of story. If you are not comfortable having some alone time to really figure it out what it is that you love about yourself, what it is that you love about life, what excites you. If you cannot figure those things out and you feel like you need to fill that void, then you don't need to be in a relationship. Because that space between one relationship and the other relationship is your time to grow, is your time to introspect, to sit there and think about the things that transpired within that time of that relationship that you were in, the good things, the bad things, all of that stuff, and really take a good assessment to find out, was that person right for you? Were some of the things that they saying true or not true? How did you feel about that? You know, when they did certain things or said certain things, do you feel that you are worthy and deserving of their love and affection? Right? Again, sometimes we don't need their affection, right? Sometimes we don't need, we think that they are loving to us when they're really detrimental to us. Sometimes we are worthy of a lot more, but we settle for small, petty little things. Little little crumbs that they throw at us, right? If that's you, then maybe this is the time that you need to really introspect and say, am I okay with the lack of affection? Am I okay with the little bit of time that this person is spending with me? Or should I find it somewhere elsewhere? I always say, and I've always been a little bit different in my relationships, where I like my alone time. Maybe it's because I'm an only child. Maybe it's because I was taught to really love myself, but I really love my alone time. And I do a lot of things where I'm in the public eye a lot. I'm talking to a lot of people. I'm with my clients all the time where when I come home, sometimes I just need that moment to be by myself. Not saying that I don't love spending my time with my husband, but there's a lot of times where I just want to curl up in a book and spend some alone times. Some of the best times that I have in the relationship is not necessarily the times I spend with him, although my trip recently to Maine was absolutely amazing, and I love to be able to spend that one-on-one time with him without any distractions, without any other people, without social media, without the news and all that other kind of stuff to really be in nature and to spend that quality time with him. But I also appreciate the times in which he's on vacation without me. Every single year he goes on a ski trip. This past year he took me. But typically he goes without me. 
And I honestly enjoy that time alone because that is a time in which I'm able to do all the things that I like to do, all the things that Stephanie likes to do that maybe my husband does not like to do. I get to go to the restaurants that I enjoy. I get to not watch TV because I'm not a big fan of watching TV. I get to listen to the podcasts and the radios that I want to do. I get to sleep in and spread out on the bed or cuddle up with my dog or whatever it is that I want to do. I get to see my friends that I haven't been able to see for a long time. And the best thing of all, I don't have to cook. Now, I'm not going to lie. I love cooking. I love cooking for people who like to eat. But there are times in which I'm really tired and I don't feel like having to cook. And it seems like it's more of an obligation. So during that time that he's away, I don't cook for the most part. Trying to think if I ever cooked. No, for pretty much I don't cook. Pretty solid on that. And it's great. It's a vacation for me too. Now, most women would be like, oh my goodness, I don't know how you could possibly do that. I don't understand that. I always joke with my husband every single year, the best gift that you could possibly give me is a bed and breakfast by the water by myself. So alone time is very needed. Not saying that, again, that I don't like to spend time with my husband, but this gives me time to figure out what are the things that bring me joy without having to tap into what makes him happy or his thoughts about the things that I enjoy doing. Everyone has something different. I value the fact that he is different than I am. I value the fact that he likes things that I don't necessarily like. I also value the fact that we have things in common. So when I have sometimes an opinion, you know, as a woman, I like to bounce my opinion off of other people, not necessarily getting their advice, but sometimes I just want to talk it out. Like you just want to talk it out. Men, on the other hand, a little bit hardwired, a little bit differently. As a woman, we can kind of chit chat with our friends and talk it out and eventually come up with a solution. It's, it's our way of kind of introspecting, right? But doing it verbally with someone else and getting some kind of little bit of affirmations and just sometimes having that ear. Men like to problem solve. So as much as I want to vent to him or talk something out or try to work out the process, he's trying to hurry up and come up with a solution, which is great which is great when I'm looking for someone to problem solve. But sometimes I need to solve my own problems. So having that alone time allows me to solve those problems, allows me to figure out what it is that I like to have without having, again, to hear his opinion on certain things. Other thing is having some things that are different is another key thing in a relationship. If you are spending every waking hour with your significant other, eventually they're going to get on your nerves. If your whole life revolves around their happiness and the things that they love to do, eventually you're going to get worn down and the relationship is going to fall apart. So having things that you enjoy doing, activities that are separate than what he or she or whoever it may be enjoys doing is key. So if you like to knit and if you like to meditate and do yoga and they like to rock climb and They like to listen to hard rock music and work on their motorcycle. Cool. Don't try to change them. Enjoy the things that you enjoy doing. Go to a yoga class with your friend, by yourself, whatever may do, you may be. Um, Go and join a knitting group, whatever it is. Don't try to all of a sudden turn them into a yogi, knitter, and meditation person if that's not their thing. You know, maybe you go to a rock concert here and there. Maybe you invite them to a yoga class here and there, but you don't expect to do it all the time. My husband loves electronic music. 
I don't comprehend it. All right. Our wedding song was kind of like electronic music. So we, we compromised on the fact that it was going to be an electronic music song that he liked, which wasn't too electronically for me, where I actually understood what they were talking about. And I wanted to do some kind of Latin style dancing. So we did merengue. So we were able to combine the two things that we enjoy doing. All right. He loves to do triathlons. I don't. I did one. I don't. I like to do outdoor things. What we come into common with is that we both like to be outdoors. This past um, trip, we both hiked. We hiked a lot longer than I wanted to do. He pushed me to my limits on certain things, which is great. That's, you know, what they're there for. He supported me for a lot of the other things too. But that's where our common ground is hiking and camping, even though there was tons of mosquitoes, but we enjoy doing those things together. I like garden. I like to have more outdoor space than indoor space. He doesn't necessarily like it. He sees it as a chore. There's different things like that. We have some common things, but we also have our differences. So it's that polarity. We, um, polar opposites sometimes don't necessarily always work, but having some common ground and some different things is great. And again, when you have those different things, you can expose them um, to that, but don't expect them to now all of a sudden love the things that you love to do. All right, don't force them to like the things that you like to do. That's not going to work. They are going to resist. They're going to be miserable doing those things. So if they say like, hey, hon, I don't like doing X, Y, and Z, don't all of a sudden start an argument and everything like that and expect them to all of a sudden do it all the time. Let them do their thing. That's another thing that works really, really, really well. Another thing I would say, and it kind of goes along with the self-love, is have respect for your boundaries. When you love yourself, you have boundaries that you can set, and you know where those boundaries are. That means that you have boundaries when it comes to what people say about you, right? Things that are acceptable, things that are not acceptable. Um, You also have boundaries as far as how far you want to go into the relationship, if you want to ease into something and they want to go full throttle, have that boundary, let them know. Um, also, in regards to your time and your space that you have with them, how much time do you want to spend with them? How much um, how much uh, affection do you want to have? Are you a public di- display of affection? All these different kind of things. Having those boundaries set and letting them know certain things. What are your priorities? Letting them know about your priorities. They aren't going to automatically assume that you have certain priorities. You got to let them know straight off the bat whether or not you prioritize, you know, your family time, if that's really important, if vacations are very important to you, um, whatever it may be, you need to let them know. If having a family meal means a lot to you, set that out there. Let them know so that they know that that's a key thing that makes you happy. Now, they might not be able to make it to every single family meal, but they know that it's valuable to you so that either if they can't make it, that they are perfectly okay with you going to see your family members. All right. If kids are important to you, or if they're not, let them know early on in the relationship. Don't expect that they're going to all of a sudden change their mind when it comes to these kind of things. Now, sometimes people do, but don't expect that just because you want to have kids or you don't want to have kids, that the other person is going to feel the exact same way and they're going to settle with whatever it is that you want to do. This, these can be some deal breakers. Also, later on the line, in regards to what your financial goals are, 
what kind of debt that you're going. This is for like a little bit more into depth, like if you're looking for a long-term relationship with that person. Because what is going on, the things that bother them, their, their financial struggles that they're dealing with, their financial wins, all these things are going to kind of impact you too. So you're going to have decisions that are going to be made about, am I going to buy a house? Am I going to buy a car? Am I going to go on this vacation? All these things are going to be impacted by the finances. Doesn't mean that you have to have the same bank account. You can have separate bank accounts, but really make that a priority also is that you have those conversations. Do you have student loan debt? How much debt do you have? Are you looking to invest money into your future? What is your future goals are? Are you planning on living a more modest lifestyle? You want to have a more luxurious lifestyle? Having these conversations. Do you want to open up your own business? Do they support you to doing that? Do you want to be a stay-at-home parent? Do they support you in doing that? Again, don't assume that this other person is going to feel the exact same way about you. You need to have these conversations relatively early into the long-term aspect of the relationship. That doesn't mean that you go on a date on square one and you're already talking about kids, marriage, and long-term financial goals. You're going to scare the crap out of that person. But as things start to progress, you need to have those conversations before you're looking for a long-term commitment like a marriage or an engagement or just being with that person for the long haul. Make sure you have those open communications. And being feeling that it's okay. The another key thing is feeling that it's okay and knowing that it's okay to be open when it comes to your emotions. And also on the other end, being receptive of the other person's emotions that they're experiencing. Everyone is going to deal with different things at different times, loss, excitement, whatever it may be. If they're going through a hardship, they need to feel comfortable enough to be open and honest about what they're going through. At the same time, the person on the other end also needs to listen, not necessarily always give advice, but to listen to those concerns and acknowledge that you understand and that you've heard them. You don't have to always give the advice. They might not want the advice. But then the other thing is you as an individual, if you're expecting this person to be open and honest and vulnerable with you, you have to be vulnerable with them too. It doesn't work out really well if you're very open and honest and vulnerable and you're over there telling all these things to one person and the person on the other end it doesn't want to tell you anything about their life, anything that affects them, um, how they feel about a loss of a job or a loved one whatever it may be, they're kind of closed off because eventually you don't feel safe to be with them or safe to not necessarily be with them like as if your life is in jeopardy, but you don't feel safe enough to have those deep conversations. And those deep conversations are needed. Otherwise, you only know bits and pieces of that person. And you can't really build a relationship off of that. So those are some of like the key things that I've learned over the course of the um, years. Again, a lot of the stuff when it came to in my early times of any of my relationship is that self-respect. I had enough respect for myself and it's been a long process to get there because trust and believe when I was a teenager, I did not have a lot of self-respect. I dealt with a lot of um, low self-esteem issues as most teens have and probably a little bit more. Um, but I by the time I met my husband, I had enough respect to sit there and tell him like, look, you're, you and I are doing this whole courting thing. I'm seeing other people. You're not the only exclusive person I'm seeing. If you want to make a good impression with me, you need to do X, Y, and Z. These are the things I expect out the relationship. These are the things that I'm willing to do in the relationship in regards to 
um, shared duties, whatever it may be. I laid it out there pretty solid and I never wavered. I told him exactly how I felt when it came to marriage. I told him exactly how I felt when it came to kids, the things that I wanted to do in my life, the support that I need to have from him, the time that I want to spend with him and the space that I need to have for my own personal endeavors. I let him know all of this stuff straight up so that he had the knowledge of, or he actually knew what was going on and he could make that decision on whether or not he wanted to be in the relationship. So having that open conversation is very key. Sometimes these conversations that you have to have is not the ones that you want to have, but they are needed and necessary. Because the last thing you want to do is go down the line and be like, well, I always thought that he wanted to have kids. And I know how important kids are and family is really important to me. And living in the state with all my family is very important. And now all of a sudden he wants to move across country, pull me away from all my friends and my family members. I'm not going to have a job out there. And on top of that, he doesn't even want to have kids. And you've been married for four something years. If you didn't know that going into the relationship, then don't be shocked later on because you didn't ask those questions. So let me be real with you. You need to ask those questions. You need to have those hard conversations. You need to stop trying to avoid those things. And if they don't want to have those conversations with you, they don't want to have those deep dives, they're probably not the right person for you. Because there's been too many times, even myself, that I have been in the wrong relationships, that I try to make things work, whether it is I'm looking at, you know, I have check boxes in my, in my head, and you probably do too, where you're like, they need to meet these criteria. You know, and here I am checking, 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 checking. And I did the same thing with my husband. I mean, he met majority. He met about 7%, 7 um, out of the 10 things on my list. But we have these check boxes that we have, right? And he's like, they need to be highly educated. They need to make X amount of money. They need to have this kind of a family. I like them to look like this. Um, I like them to have this kind of car. I like whatever it may be. You have all these check boxes. And then you might get someone that has all these things, but you forget about the most important things like their personality, their support system, you know, their views on religion, if religion is very big, their views on family, all of these other things that you forget about because they, on the outside, on paper, look great. But then when you start to get into the relationship, you realize that they're not so great, but you are so caught up in the idea of the person that they meet this ideal aspect of what you want to have in a relationship, but they don't have any depth to it, right? Physically, they check off all the things. They they look great. Like, again, you're looking at a resume, you're like, yep, 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 yep. This is the person I want to hire. And then you start working with them and you're like, this person has a sucky personality and now I'm stuck with them, right? Or I don't want to let go because I'm too fearful that there's no one else out there. Oh, I don't want to let them go because all my friends and my family members told me that they weren't good for me. This is what I used to do all the time. All my friends and my family members told me that they weren't good for me. And I don't want to let them go because I'm trying to prove my friends and my family members something wrong, that this relationship is meant to last. That was some of the dumbest things I did. So I definitely stayed in relationships with people that were not worth my time. And looking back, I'm like, I wasted, I definitely wasted some time. But I got it right when I came to my husband, or at least I like to say, like, it's still four years into marriage and nine years of dating. But I think I got it right because when I saw him about nine years ago, 
I knew that I wanted to get to know him a little bit more. And I'm not going to say that it was like love at first sight because it clearly wasn't. It took us quite a few dates. And within a year, I started to realize how much I really had a lot of love and affection for him. And I wanted to take it a little bit longer. You guys, I mean, we were engaged for two years before we even tied on that. So don't feel like you have to rush into things. Really get to know that person. Uh, for those of you who might have met someone and got married really early on and you know this is your person that's your soulmate, that's awesome. That's amazing. But for those of you that feel the pressure that, oh my gosh, I'm creeping up to a certain age and I'm still single and all my family members want to know when I'm going to get married, when I'm going to have kids and everything else, don't let those people pressure you. Do it when it feels right for you because you might end up being in a relationship with someone that is not a good fit for you, and now you feel this sense of obligation to be with them because you're trying to fulfill someone else's dreams. So just don't do it. Don't do it. So again, the number one keys that I would say for a successful relationship always and always and always will be to first and foremost, love yourself. Because again, if you don't love yourself, you can put yourself in some very dangerous situations. You can be with someone that is very dependent on you, that's pretty much sucking you dry of all your energy, all your wealth, all those things. You can have someone that is making you feel your crappiest, that has really brought down any self-esteem that you possibly might have, right? You might have someone that's pulling you away from everything that you love, your family members, whatever it may be, those kind of things. Right? This is how people get into some very abusive relationships. Or you might just be with someone where you really don't have any spark whatsoever. And you're just kind of going through the motions and it looks great on the outside, but doesn't look so great on the inside because you are too fearful that there's no one else out there that's good for you. And if you're in that relationship where you can't stand the relationship, but you're fearful that, oh my gosh, I'm keeping up on da-da-da-da age. And all my friends are getting married and all of my friends have kids. And I don't know if there's going to be anyone else out there. And this is the person I'm with. And maybe it's good enough, but you're not happy and content. Girl, get the heck up out that relationship, please. Because you're not happy. They're probably not happy. And everyone around you is not happy either because they're trying to pull you and tell you like, oh, things are great. And oh, yeah. You know, yeah, we love so-and-so and so-and-so. In the back of their head, they're like, he is horrible. And I don't know why she is with him. And you know that. You know he's horrible. And you question why he's, why you are with him. But you're too fearful to find someone else. And the love of your life could be right around the corner. But you're not making that space for them to enter into that relationship. So have enough respect for yourself. Know your boundaries, have some alone time, find out the things that you enjoy doing, and then proceed forward with that relationship. For your wedding anniversary, I decided to celebrate by gifting to you an amazing deal on the Shakti Rising Retreat, which is coming up this September 27th to the 29th. Again, I'm offering an amazing discount for $400. That is $150 off of the price. But you must register before the end of August to be able to get this deal. This is our early word pricing. So if you've been on the fence and you're kind of wondering whether or not you want to go, you do not want to miss out on this opportunity. Three days of sisterhood, of yoga, 
being in nature, women's circles, healing, meditation, a whole lot more full of yogis, spiritual leaders, all of the above. If this sounds like something that you want to do and you want to be in this presence to really raise up those feminine divine energy vibrations that you have inside of you to find that inner voice and to get back and feeling super refreshed and being a better mother, a better spouse, a better friend, a better daughter, a better sibling. If that sounds like something you want to do, check out the link in the show notes and register. Again, you must register before the end of August in order to get the early bird pricing. You do not want to miss this. Please, please, please act fast. I will love to love, love to have you come out to the upcoming retreat this September in Ortonville, Michigan. Spend three days with me and my girls. Have an amazing time. You do not want to miss out.